I was riding around in the V12 with the rags in the middle. Had to pray to Almighty God and let my dog out the kennel. When you get it straight up by the mud, you can't imagine this shit. I've been pulling up in the drop tops with the baddest bitches. Young nigga been focused on my check. Mm -hmm. Got a new coupe wrapped around my neck. Mm -hmm. Trying to put the water on my protect. Mm -hmm. I got killers to the left of me. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are back. And it feels good to be back. Another episode of the Shark Tank Dynasty podcast, Ty and Bry edition. Yes, just us two. Sean is uh, out in Mexico. Yeah. Living his best life. <laughs> Cheese was out in Mexico, you know. That's why he wasn't able to make it last week. This week, Cheese back to work making that bread. Making that paper. So he'll be back next podcast. But uh, yeah, it's it's the Ty and Bry yeah. show today, Bry guy. Welcome back. We Thank got a you. new cord. Thanks for having me. Yep, we had a little uh, technical issues last week, but yeah, well, I'm good to go. So um, yeah, thanks for having me back. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the show wants to know. They're like, "How the hell do you break a cord after getting it within one week?" Man, hey, I'm gonna have to holler at Amazon for that one. <laughs> These cords are just so fucking flimsy. I got a good deal on a replacement, so yeah, I was able to get that for a good four bucks. And, uh, yeah, I came in uh, yesterday, so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Ready for action, man. Hell, yeah. So, uh, you know, other than that, we got some news around the league. Finally, after a long-awaited time, we Ooh. got this shirt. This last-place shirt we've been talking about Ooh. for so long. Mr. Kamish himself. That last place Ooh. life. Man. Man, and it's just getting worse for the tippy. <laughs> he, he's getting more and more bad news as these days go on. And Man. I just can't wait till uh, one day we're all at Dolores Park sharing a laugh with our commissioner wearing the last place fantasy shirt. Man, you're a good sport, Shark. I, we appreciate you. Yeah. Can't wait for that day. Yes. Hopefully <laughs> that day will come soon, Shark. Sooner than later. Yes, sooner than later while it's uh, still summer. And uh, Dolores Park is still Liddy. <laughs> Hopefully before the next season begins. <laughs> Let's try to pin down a date, fellas. Get on the commish. But yeah, um, a couple weeks ago, the squad and I, we had the real Rhinos, Bry Guy, Jesse Corazzini, myself, all went to the Ballers Live. Fantasy Footballers Live Edition in San Francisco at the Independent. And uh, what were some takeaways? Uh, it was it was surprisingly pretty lit there. <laughs> I was surprised at how rowdy and loud it was. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I've been to like a couple live podcasts, but not like a fantasy related one. Uh, but yeah, I was that was very very interesting. They had some good takes. Uh, you could hear lo uh, loud ass rhinos in the background a couple of times. <laughs> he made <laughs> it on the points. pod. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an awesome show. That was my first time seeing any podcast live, and yeah. they brought a lot of people out. I did not expect there to be so much of a crowd that we had people standing. Thankfully, we were all able to get seated. For sure. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome time. Able to have uh, some small talk with the footballers a little bit. Yeah, we <laughs> were able to link up with the footballers. You know, after the show, they stayed and wanted to hang out with uh, you know some of the listeners and. 
they want to hang out with their foot clan we were we were chilling with them got to take a great picture if you uh see it on twitter don't hesitate to give it a little like a little love <laughs> but yeah that was that was an awesome show and uh they had some good information on there so shout out to the footballers shout out yeah, so now we're going to get into some news around the NFL. Oh. How do you like that new news music? I you like feeling it? it? <laughs> nice <laughs> Sounds and... official. Uh, hey, man, we got... That's a nice drop there. Right, that was nice and epic, letting you know some breaking news about to take place. And this coming in hot on our cell phones uh, just to, just an hour ago. Ooh. Lions running backs coach said, No setting a number on how many touches carry-on receives this upcoming season. And uh, people are thinking it's going to be more than 20. Wow. Yeah. That is shocking and that is great news that's something you want to hear if uh, especially if you're high on carry on um i think you know you could anticipate on him kind of rising up mock draft boards uh well by the time you know um it's late (laughs) late august early september you could he might be um in the middle of the second round for sure yeah great point he's going you know mid third and uh definitely soon with this news coming out he'll get a bump in the adp before all these football drafts are taking place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 20-plus touches means there's a floor of 320 touches Man. in a season. That's uh, 20 touches for 16 games, and that sounds amazing. A lot of carries, a lot of dump-offs. Yeah, those dump-offs wow. in a PPR league are awesome. So if Carrion's still getting all the passing work and the groundwork, he could surpass that you know, that number easily. That's why the coach is probably saying they don't want to put a number on it. But yeah, I mean, looks like Carrion Johnson's poised for a great season if he can stay healthy. Other than that, we've got some other news around the league. Uh, we don't get to talk about Mr. International Haynes much on the <laughs> pod, but... uh Yeah, International Haynes, his uh, his own Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coach Arians has been talking him up all off season, and something else comes out today, saying Bruce Arians said Chris Godwin will never come off the Ooh. field. He will stay on the field, all offensive snaps, and he's already compared his role to uh, what Larry Fitzgerald's was back in the Arizona high-powered offense days. And, yeah, it just looks like, uh, you know, Bruce Arians is he's putting a lot on Chris Godwin this season. Definitely. He's definitely been very hyped this whole offseason. He, you know, he's in an offense where he could be seeing a whole lot of targets. He, they're going to be playing the Saints twice a year. Um, they're going to be playing the Falcons twice a year. You know, uh, 
the Panthers aren't no slouch. So, yeah, you could be seeing a ton of targets, a lot of garbage time potentially, uh, depending on <laughs> how you see the uh, Buccaneers season mm-hmm. going. Um, that's Yeah, that's really good news if you want to, you know, if you're really high on a guy like Godwin. And even if you're not, you know, that's definitely something that you, <laughs> that you want to hear. It's eye-opening for, for sure. sure. But, yeah, I'm with you. Those are some great points. You know, the Buccaneers' defense – has not gotten any better with Gerald McCoy leaving. And uh, they did get Sue, but you know Gerald McCoy, their number three all-time sack leader, gone. Ooh. And you know he's an anchor on that defense. And like you said, they will be coming from behind in a lot of games. They're in a high-powered division. And uh, if Chris Godwin is never coming off the field and they're playing catch-up all the time, that that sounds great for fantasy. So great for fantasy. Great for if you own Mike Evans too. Great if mm-hmm. you know you're you own um, Jameis Winston as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know they have some good potential in that offense. We'll have to see how their RB situation plays out. But uh, yeah, it's excellent news. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, we've got a few more things to go through because we have missed some time on the pod. But looks like another piece of news today. Um, coming from Washington camp, Darius Geis, full go for start of camp. Hamstring is not going to limit him, according to Jay Gruden. And uh, we've all been waiting to see Geis be unleashed now. It's been a lot of injuries that he's gone through, and let's hope that this news is real. Yeah, especially for uh, Drunk Matt over there. <laughs> he uh, cashed out for AP, um, <laughs> so he's kind of all set um, in totality for that backfield, but... Yeah, that's uh, I guess that's good news. I'm not super high on guys uh, myself, um, but yeah, definitely a guy coming back healthy from injury is always something that you want to hear. Yeah, this is definitely good for our friend of the show. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. <laughs> I'm pickle Rick. Pickle Rick, something to look forward to. Yeah. Now another one. Julian Edelman expected to miss the start of camp the first three weeks to a month, and. Uh, he should be good for the start of the season. This is a thumb issue, and I think it just gives opportunity for the young guys, the new guys, mm-hmm. to uh, to get acclimated in the offense. Nikhil Harry, shout out to the Game Zini. Game over? No way! Because we got Game Genie! Drafted Nikhil Harry extremely high. Oof. Number two overall. He's hoping he's going to come in and produce right away, so this news is good for someone like Nikhil Harry. Who else do you like this news for? Um, mostly Harry. Um, I think some of the other guys will have uh, some games where, you know, they're going to be, you know, intriguing. You might want to consider starting them, but I would definitely just bump Harry up out of everybody else. Okay, question. Lance Kendricks today was signed by the New England Patriots on a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. Does he become fantasy-relevant? Um, I don't think he does. He's been bumping around the league uh, his pretty much his whole career. Uh, I remember the Rams. I'm a Rams fan, as you guys probably know. We drafted him in the second round about 10 years ago. Um, he's a solid tight end. He's not really a receiving guy. But, I mean, he could get some touchdowns. It wouldn't surprise me if he had, like, two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown every now and then. But he's not something that uh, <laughs> definitely won't be drafting him. Um I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out in uh, New England. I think definitely a tight end will emerge uh, in that on that team for sure. Awesome. So we we've got some more, uh, you know, some more big news 
that we will save for the end of this segment, but more injury news coming out of camp. Will Fuller will be healthy to start camp. How do you feel about Will Fuller? I like Fuller. Uh, I'm going to be speaking about him a little bit later on okay, on okay. the pod. But, uh, yeah, definitely that's awesome. good news. But, um, yeah, well, you guys will hear about that in shortly. Okay, and then we got another one from another friend of the show. Goo Goo has been waiting for this. Jay and Jai. Man. Cleared to practice. No Guru cashed out for him. <laughs> Guru's been waiting on this one. Someone to take a chance on the J train. Sheesh. What do you think? Does he get picked up by anybody? Ah, oh, man. I think uh, it might take an injury, unfortunately, for him to see a fair uh, chance. Um, I think for Guru, that's almost what you'd be, you'd be hoping for. Um because if he gets signed right now, kind of like if, say, you know, a team that are, is already set at running back signs him just for depth, that's not going to really do him any good. Um, but, yeah, I think he still has a little, you know, a little bit left in the tank. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But, um, yeah, I think he'll get picked up um, at some point. Maybe not anytime soon, but, uh, you know, I think he still has some talent there. All right. So, Jay Ajayi cleared to practice. We will have to monitor any visits that he may be going on and like Bry guys said it can take an injury for the opportunity or the right opportunity to open up and with that being said that will lead us to our biggest news which is Tyreek Hill oh not going to be suspended Man. or fined at all and you know the NFL loves to find these players so what do you think about the verdict what are your thoughts? Anything? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to comment on. Uh, <laughs> what about as far as fantasy? To, but as far as fantasy goes, that's that's. I mean, it's great for fantasy. Uh, it's definitely someone that you're going to be looking for, possibly in the second round of redraft leagues. Okay. Um, you know, he's you know obviously he's a star. They call him the cheetah for a reason. He's probably one of the f- top three fastest players in the league if not the fastest player in the league. So before these allegations came about, this is where the trajectory was going for Tyreek Hill. He was the wide receiver one being drafted in fantasy early on. He was on his way to being paid the highest wide receiver of all time. The Chiefs were ready to make him the most paid, highest paid wide receiver of all time. And, you know, there was... He was just a rising star, and now this this big cloud came about over him once again. And, uh, you know, that's why they say innocent until proven guilty, and he was not able to be proven guilty. So, I mean, does he go back into the wide receiver one status? Do you think by late August he will be back of the first round? And do you think he will end up getting that contract from the Chiefs? Man, okay, I'll start with this. He has a guy throwing to him named Pat Mahomes, probably one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, uh, young up-and-coming quarterback that you guys all know about with a hell of an arm. Um, yeah, he's going to give him the ball downfield, so that's excellent news for fantasy. I do think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year, unless obviously 
um, he's whatever suspended for whatever reason or there's an injury of some sort he's a guy that I'll definitely be targeting um, as far as uh, long term for his career um, I've heard rumors of him possibly being shopped around and being traded as maybe not until next year maybe this offseason uh, it's kind of too soon to say um, I would kind of pump the brakes on that I definitely love him in the Chiefs offense and as long as he's there um, come draft day and redraft leagues I would definitely keep my eye open for him what do you think hmm. I as far as the trade I just don't see an organization going out of their way to make that trade unless it's the Cleveland Browns because they've proven to do so already but the question is will they will they go out of their way to make a trade for a player that has had these troubled past cream hunt he was a free agent after being dropped and it was kind of a last resort type of addition and I think, uh, you know, if this opportunity came about, there would only be one team, I think, willing to uh, take that PR hit. And it seems like it would be the Chiefs because they know how effective, I mean, uh, the Browns because they know how effective he can be, John Dorsey coming from the Chiefs. Yeah, so that that's some big news. Other than that, we have a couple of running backs threatening to hold out of Ooh. camp. We've got one in Melvin Gordon and another in Ezekiel Elliott. My question to you is which one of these backs is more likely to hold out and do you think both of them will hold out? Uh, I think there's a decent chance both of them may hold out. However, I think Zeke is going to come back. Um, There's rumors of him um, coming back to camp already, which is excellent news uh, for fantasy purposes. Um, I do think he deserves a big, fat paycheck. As far as Melvin Gordon goes, um, I believe that he was. there was an offer sent by the Chargers. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out, obviously. But we'll have to see. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of, obviously, we're all on the outside looking in. Um, but, yeah, these guys want to get paid. You know, they're running backs. They... <laughs> They don't have a, sh- a long lifespan in this league, unfortunately. Yeah, so they need to capitalize on those windows that they have of opportunity to get paid. For sure, um, Zeke he's entering what his fourth season at twenty what twenty three. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is the time to get paid. Yeah. Uh, Todd Gurley got paid. Um, he actually just turned twenty four. So happy oh, wow. belated. Happy belated. Um, yeah, Gurley got paid. Um, Lev Bell got paid. Yeah, these guys, you know, they're running backs. They want to get cashed out, and understandably so. So we'll kind of see how it plays out. Um, For me, I think this season it's very unlikely Ezekiel Elliott holds out because of the accrued free agent, uh, accrued season he would have to get to become a free agent and to get that accrued season towards your next contract or becoming a free agent. You would need to be reported to camp by August 6th. So uh, I think that's why he said, you know, he, he will be reporting to camp because he knows what's at stake with that accrued year. And he knows that, you know, this is a warning to the Cowboys, letting him know, like, you know, next year he will be looking to get paid. No ifs, ands, or buts. And uh, I think, if anybody, Melvin Gordon has a it's looking more and more likely by the as the days go on that he is going to hold out. He has already informed them he will not be attending training camp, and uh, he is prepared to hold out into the regular season, which is not what you want to hear, especially if you got last place in your own league. Yikes! Last season. <laughs> All right, so Tyler, let me ask you this: 
let's say there's no resolution on the Melvin Gordon situation and it you know up comes your redraft league boom or bust at what point would you consider <laughs> drafting Melvin fucking Gordon man after last season seeing what happened with Le'Veon Bell I don't feel comfortable taking that chance Ooh. Uh, I'm talking like he would have to fall to double digit rounds oh man like a Josh Gordon free you know what I mean <laughs> Because we've seen it. We've seen the blueprint for this. We've seen the guy that set the blueprint get what he wants. Mm -hmm. And to me, you know, there there is a market for someone like Melvin Gordon. And there is stats that show that he should be paid. And this is the time to get that check. So for me, I, I definitely see him um, holding out if he doesn't get what he wants. I don't see him playing on this contract this year for $5 million. And uh, I wouldn't be comfortable taking someone that I feel has a good chance of holding out. But good thing with Boomer Bust, that draft is late in August. So hopefully by then the smoke clears a little bit more. But we have a big draft coming up within uh, the next two weeks. And that is going to be one that I am interested to see where Melvin goes. I'm not going to ask you where you think because <laughs> we are too close. But interesting thing to keep an eye on. But uh, other than that, that wraps it up for news. Unless you got any tidbits you want to add? No, on to the next segment we go. Alrighty. Now the next segment, we're going to check out these latest transactions in the Shark Tank. Our wonderful league. Um... There's been a ton of transactions in the last two weeks, so we'll do our best to cover everything. And uh, we're going to start with me. I'm at the top of the list here, making a transaction today at 11 o'clock in the morning. Made some waves in the chat. I dropped my champion kicker, Adam Vinatieri, and picked up another Colts player in Dion Kane. Former Clemson wide receiver that played with Mike Williams. One of uh, the guys that's been on my radar for years. And, you know, there's been some really, really nice uh, quotes coming out from Indianapolis from people. The GM, coaches are excited about him. And he just seems like someone that could rise up real quick and take, you know, that number two job in Indy. On, alongside with T.Y. Hilton. So uh, that's the reason why I went out and got Dion Kane. Any thoughts on Dion Kane? Uh, yeah, out of the um, recent transactions, it's definitely the one that stands out. Um, there's a lot of receivers that have been picked up that we will get to shortly. But, yeah, he's definitely one that I've had my eye on and I've considered swooping up myself. Um, yeah, I, I like the move. I like the move. You could have him stashed on your bench for a little while and just yeah. see how it plays out. Maybe he becomes relevant this year. Maybe he's relevant next year. We'll see. He's definitely a talent that I like for sure. Yeah, this is a little pro tip. You know, shout out to you if you listen to the pod. But the fact that we're in the off season right now allows me to have an extra little roster space by kicking uh by kicking my kicker to the curb because kickers are plentiful out there on the waiver wire. Some really big name kickers out there still. Now Vinatieri's out there with that group, and I would be comfortable, frankly, with about half of those guys. For sure. And it's not the end of the world if you don't have any one of those guys. It's a kicker, 
you know, it's hard to project how these kickers do on a week-to-week basis. People usually like to stream them, so it's a position that you can sacrifice for another uh, high-end, you know, opportunity. You know, you see these running backs getting picked up, wide receivers getting picked up. If there's someone you have an eye on, might be a good idea to dump your kicker and just revisit that position closer to when the season begins. Yeah, that's an excellent point. All righty, so next we got our boy. Game over? No way, because we got Gay Genie. Yeah, the Xenador. Zenny. He uh, picked up Duke Newsome again. I mean, he's <laughs> added and dropped this guy like hella times. He uh, dropped Corey Clement, former fully loaded running back, running back of the Philadelphia Eagles currently. They have about freaking eight running backs on roster. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so with Corey Clement, his status being unknown, going further, Zena Dorr decided to cut ties. Any thoughts on this transaction? Yeah, Zini's been uh, stashing a lot of <laughs> rookies and um, lesser-known players. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. I haven't seen a lot of uh, playing time or any much film period from this guy. But uh, same, not a bad not a bad pickup, Zini. Alrighty, and then next we have. The Rhinos coming in hot with Ursula. Been hyping him up in the chat big time. <laughs> Dropping the Pringle, who he was previously Ooh. hyping up in the chat big time. So a couple questions. Who would you rather roster between Ursula and Pringle? And do you think Ryan hyping his additions all the time is a good idea? Well, I'll start with that last question. I think it is a good idea. Um, I've seen him <laughs> get cashed out for a couple of his players that he's been hyping out. I've seen him get some second round, third round draft picks. Um, I mean, yeah, if you guys, if somebody's gonna fall for it, why not? <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm not mad at that. As far as Ursula or however you say his name, Ursua, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Ursula is the villain from. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, that's right. The octopus so, woman, for sure. Unfortunately, his name is not <laughs> Ursula, but it looks like it at first close glance. Enough, close <laughs> enough. Hey, yeah, make a good point. Um, honestly, I'd prefer to roster the Pringle, if I'm being completely real. Um, I think maybe one, two at the most receivers in Seattle are going to be fantasy relevant. And, you know, seventh-round draft picks usually don't pan out in this league, unfortunately. But... You know, I'm not mad at the at the dart throw. You know, you, this is the time that you, if you want to, if you like a guy and you want him on your roster, if you want to take the chance, you know, just go all in, Rhinos. I'm not mad at it, man. All righty. Next, we have the second place roster uh, destroyer. The roster destroyer. You are free to eat. The panda. Am I? Are you? Still making moves after all of these moves you have made this offseason. His team is extremely fluid. Uh, he picked up, looks like, Bieber. The Beebster. The Beebster. And dropped Braxton Berrios, who actually starting to hear more about. So, 
for me, I look at these guys. You know, I've never been a big Justin Bieber fan. <laughs> and uh, Braxton Berrios just has a dope-ass ring to it. It does, it does. So, I, for me, I would have kept the Berrios. I know Panda has gone back and forth on this guy. Like, Ooh. Zini has the Newsome. They're frequent flyers in our league transaction <laughs> section. And, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. What about you? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, like I said with uh, the Rhinos, it's a dart throw. So, if you want to keep... You know, picking up a white receiver and switching them for another one. <laughs> Go all in, Panda. I'm not mad at it, but I definitely like the Barrios. Alrighty. Personally. The Barrios. So, next, we got the Rhinos back at it again, picking up another Seahawks Rhinos. wide receiver. Definitely trying to find that next late round wide receiver talent that the Seahawks love to, uh, love to give opportunity that's how they found Doug Baldwin. And now he picks up Gary Jennings Jr., who I believe was drafted at our draft. It must have been dropped. And then uh, the Rhinos dropped Ty Johnson, running back. Wow. Who could very well be the carry-on Johnson handcuff, depending on how he uh, how he's able to handle carries. Because he will definitely be the passing down guy once Theo Riddick moves on. For sure. Um, so yeah, Gary Jennings Jr. Ryan got two Seahawks recently. Two Seahawks receivers. Yeah. This guy I like a little bit more, um, personally. Um, so, I mean, he's a fourth round guy. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, you might as well, if you want him on your roster, Rhinos, like, this is the time to do it. Just Alrighty. have him on deck. Have him on the bench, man. Next, we got Panda back at it again with the golf swain. Golf swain. Swain. He just swaming. Swaming through the waiver wire. And uh, he drops Wayne Gallman Jr. of the New York Giants, former Clemson running back. Yeah, I mean, why not? Golf swain. Uh, I feel like he's had a few flashes in his career. And I think he's on Jacksonville now. So, uh, why not? Yeah. Great point. Now, next we got our other host coming in to the waiver wire action. Real California cheese. It's the cheese. California cheese. Picking up Hayden Hurst. Uh, just the second year first round tight end selection. And dropping Ben Watson, the OG from the Patriots who has suspended the first four games. Cheese will be playing... Waiver wire musical chairs with tight ends all year. Yeah, um, yeah, it was actually me who swooped up the Hayden. Uh, oh, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my fault. I didn't want to. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That was Bry with the, the Bri, swoop. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I uh, switched my name. The emojis definitely threw me off. <laughs> didn't mean to throw off my co-host here, but uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I like Hayden as a talent. I definitely like Mark Andrews more. But I do see a world where Hayden is Hayden Hurst is fantasy relevant. Uh, you know, I need a I need a little tight end depth, so why not? Anything could happen. He could be traded tomorrow. Uh, you know, Andrews could get hurt. We'll see how it goes. I know Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends. Yeah, and they are short on wide receivers. But let me give you the due respect and play your drop for the people. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Bry guy, he definitely threw me off with those uh, those emojis there on his name. That that looks like something Cheese would do Jeez. for sure. <laughs> Trying to hype up his team like it's gonna help. All right, and then next we got, oh wow, we got a rare, uh, a rare appearance here from my homies. Had to pick up the 49er kicker once he signed that deal, Robbie Gold. Because he loves gold. I love gold. And yeah, that's how Bry was able to swoop up Hayden Hurst. Because Mahomes swooped up another kicker. And yeah, that that, that pretty much um, wraps up all the recent transactions there. We went pretty far back. Um, yeah, so it, the, the waiver wire has been busy with... Training camp heating up. I expect it to get even more busy. So make sure you are out there making moves because season is open in Dynasty all the time. Should always be on the waiver wire. For sure. One thing I would say is to, if you're not already, um, you know, check check Twitter. See who's trending. Um, see who's getting hyped. There's going to be a lot of uh, preseason and um, training camp clips going around the, uh, the web. So, you know, just keep an eye out. This is the time to, to do it. Okay, and then that leads us to our main event of the Ty and Bry show. We got the fantasy friendly segment. And the fantasy friendly segment is we're going to talk about the most fantasy friendly offenses in the NFL that will produce the most fantasy points. And uh, yeah, Bry, this is a great segment. Glad you came up with it, and I'm excited to talk about these offenses. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we, we collaborated on this. You don't have to be humble and give me the full credit, but I do appreciate that. But, um, yeah, let's get started, Tyler. All righty. So we're going to start with a few offenses that these are the ones you think of right off the top of your head when you think of high-powered offenses in the NFL. Um, you know, of course, we're going based off last year. And these are the, you know, the most fantasy-friendly offenses in the NFL. Let's start with the MVP's team, Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs last season, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, first year as a full-time starter, over 5,000 yards passing and over 50 touchdowns passing. Lit him up. Lit up the league. He came in on fire, making throws that people didn't perceive as possible. People perceived them as bad throws because of the form. It's supposed to be unpredictable the way he's throwing the ball. And he is deadly accurate the way he slings that thing. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the word right out of my mouth. Yeah, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. I mean... You know, and that's his first, like you said, his first year as a full-time starter. Things are could only, I mean, I do, you know, he could have a kind of a sophomore slump, even though it is his technically his third season. But, you know, I don't see him dropping out too far off from that. And even if he throws for 4,500 yards and throws 40 touchdowns, that's still, you know, excellent fantasy-wise. Yeah. yeah, I do expect him to regress in some form. He's not going to have, I don't think he's going to put up 50 touchdowns again this season. I would bet against that but like brian said 40 
high 30s is not bad at all, not too shabby. And not he will still all. be up there with the top of the quarterbacks. And, you know, as far as the yardage goes, I think he's capable. I've seen Drew Brees go for 5,000 yards year after year. And Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the way the offense is set up, it's it's to stretch the field and get those yards. To me, the touchdown number is just less sticky. But if I had to, uh, if I had to look at the Chiefs' offense and what they could replicate again, I'm gonna go with the yardage guys. I think those guys stretch the field and they get those big chunk plays. And uh, you know, sometimes the when you get to the end zone, you know, it might be a rushing touchdown. Some something else might happen. But I think uh, with this offense, it's definitely going to be able to put up similar yardage numbers. Yeah, you make a good point. I think if anything uh, falls off as well, it definitely would be the touchdowns. The yardage is kind of a uh, – I definitely don't see the Chiefs suddenly becoming a run-first team. Um, so I think that's going to be there. Their defense have been, has been a little suspect at times. Yeah, let's talk um, about the defense a little bit and how that's correlated to fantasy points because like you said earlier about Tampa Bay, you know, their defense was not very good, so Tampa Bay saw them – Selves in a lot of shootouts, a lot of catching up. Kansas City similar in a ton of shootouts last season. And do you think they, they made some big key additions, also a big departure in D Ford. But do you think it's gonna be a similar story as far as the defense, how they're just getting thrown on uh, every game and it's a shootout every game? Uh yeah, I mean I think their defense you know, you could make a case that they've improved. Um, they've added Frank Clark, I believe, mm-hmm. um, Tyran Matthew, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's going to be a similar situation. Um, you know, they have the chargers in their division and this is a league where they, you know, um, a lot of quarterbacks are lighting it up. So yeah, I could, I, I expect it to be a situation where a lot of the chiefs receivers are going to have some high upside games as well as obviously Patrick Mahomes. So, okay. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about Patrick Mahomes. Um, now, as far as the touchdown numbers, you, you know, those 50 touchdowns, Tyreek Hill caught 14 of those. It's a lot of touchdowns for someone like Tyreek Hill that stretches the field. He's a burner guy. It's a lot of touchdowns for him to replicate again. So if I had to choose a player that I see regressing other than Patrick Mahomes, it would be Tyreek Hill in the touchdown department. But what I think is crazy Tyreek Hill had 1,400-plus receiving yards, and I think that can go up. I think Tyreek Hill could be a 2,000-plus. He could be the guy that goes over 2,000. Whoa, hot take. Yeah. Hot take. If any, you know, he's got that field-stretching capability, game-breaker. He's a, He could be a cheat code out there, just him and Patrick Mahone playing, playing catch. Man, just give that guy the ball in space and magic happens. Right. You definitely see a... You know, um, a situation where he has 1,600 yards receiving and, you know, eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns, which is still an excellent year. Yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, though. We'll see. Yeah, so um, other than that, we haven't talked about the running back situation there, which you should be eager to talk about, being the Damian Williams shareholder in the Shark Tank. And uh, Damian Williams last season was – Balling out of control on the opportunities he got at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Um, do you see this 
to continue throughout the whole entire season. I know the Chiefs have come out and said he's the starter, but do you see him dominating touches throughout the entire season? Uh, yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, obviously, I might be a little biased here, uh, <laughs> but I do really like Damian Williams. I hate <laughs> I was not a big fan of him. I just back in when in his Dolphin days, I just hated that entire offense and organization for what it's worth. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're the uh, if you're a talented running back and you're on a team like the Chiefs, you know, you're gonna get your dump offs by from Mahomes. When he does dump it off, you're going to get, you know, um, a lot of red zone carries. So, I mean, the potential is, is there. He's It's up to him to produce. I think if he produces uh, very well, I think it's, it's his job to lose at this point. All the hype is there. Yeah, my biggest gripe with the Chiefs is the cost to draft these guys. It's every single player in this offense is expensive. I mean, their wide receiver, too, is expensive. Their insurance policy for Tyreek Hill is expensive. Uh quarterback tight end man expensive right the whole the running back the whole team is within the first five rounds for sure you're gonna have to be cashing out you're gonna be have to be cashing out and we're gonna talk about more offenses later where you can find that value but this one was the no-brainer we wanted to talk about these no-brainer offenses try to pick them apart and yeah i think uh other than that we haven't talked about kelsey for me i think kelsey is going to repeat what he did last season maybe Maybe even more in store for him this season. I really like Kelsey uh, going into this year. I saw a video today of Patrick Mahomes being super excited to see him. Jumped on him in camp. Just excited. And those guys, uh, they've created a bond. And I think Travis Kelsey is really going to have a solid year. Oh, the targets are going to be there. I think, obviously, he's going to be one of the top two tight ends. I think it's going to be him and Kittle um, and then everybody else. So we'll have to see how it plays out. He's definitely going to have double-digit touchdowns and a ton of targets his way. So it's, he's, my, he's my tight end one, personally. Yep. All righty. And then next, we're going to get into your favorite team, Los Angeles Rams in the house. Rams in the house. Rams in the house. Huge powerhouse. Sean McVay, his gang. Uh, man, where do, we, where do we start? I'm going to let you take it away. Uh, I'll start with the quarterback, Jared Goff himself. He's a guy that uh, he hasn't been getting a lot of love recently, but here's a guy who threw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns last year. How that's many? 4,500? 4,500 nice. yards and 35 touchdowns. Nice. And that's not something to you know, just gloss over. Wow. I mean, he doesn't look as pretty as Mahomes throwing the ball out there at times, but you know, in Sean McVay's offense, he's going to – People are going to be open. He's going to find the open guy. He's going to throw it to him. Um, he's definitely a guy that you should be keeping an eye on in yeah, I mean, your drafts. Also, to be drafted eight or nine rounds after Mahomes, right. that's a huge difference in draft capital there. And like you said, he's being overlooked, absolutely. So what else, what else about this high-powered Rams offense are you excited for in 2019? Ooh. I'm excited for the wide receivers. We have three pretty good ones. Is there any of the receivers that, you know, you it's your favorite out of the bunch? Yeah, uh, those receivers are great. Uh, Robert Wood was a baller last year, wide receiver. He was a wide receiver one. He made it into that top 12 category. Um, for me, my personal favorite 
is Brandon Cooks, being mm-hmm. from the 209 where we re- are from, where we used to reside. He's from our stomping grounds. So Brandon Cooks, every time I see him, he is always uh, very respectful when he's talking to other people. He is never involved in off-field issues. All he does is put up 1,000-yard seasons and over five touchdowns in all of his years as an NFL wide receiver in different high-powered offenses, New Orleans, New England, L.A. He's never really gotten to get stable somewhere, but he just hits the floor running, and he's a guy that has shown he could get in where he fits in. He could get into any offense and make plays. So I'm excited to see how McVay uses that speed this year and hopefully uh, gets more creative with getting him the ball. I want to see him be like Tyreek Hill of the Rams offense because I think he's capable. Yeah, he's a guy that, um, yeah, I feel feel like his ceiling is the highest out of the three receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a guy that I'm definitely going to target. He's probably going to be the first off of the board out of the three, which is unfortunate. But I feel like like each of these receivers, Cup, um, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, they they all have a 100-yard floors nearly. All guys that I like. Yeah, I mean, some news about Cooper Cup. This was one we kind of glossed over. Uh, He will not start training camp on the PUP. So that's huge. A lot of people, you know, are concerned with his injury. He will not start on the physically unable to perform list. It's awesome news. Great news for Drunk Matt over there. Great. Happy with his uh, white receiver. (laughs) Yeah, he's actually got him in both Dynasty leagues. Man. Sure, he's targeting him in a third. In a third one, not to be named. <laughs> yeah, so that, that'll that be something to look forward to on the Rams is a help, healthy Cooper Cup. I think ultimately that takes away from Robert Woods the most just after seeing Robert Woods last season come into the, the security blanket role. The guy that was, uh, you know, Iron Man out there. He was always playing, always on the field. With all these guys getting nicked up, Gurley, Cooks, you know, everyone getting nicked up here and there, cup out, of course. Robert Woods was the remain that was solid the whole time, never wavered, even when Goff was playing his worst games. Robert Woods seemed to have a way of showing up. Um, Other than that, that offense, Josh Reynolds was somebody that became fantasy relevant last season. I don't expect him to become... This season, unless we see an unforeseen injury, of course, then we, we know this guy could step up into a role. Agreed. What about uh, what about these running backs in L.A.? Yeah, this is... How do you feel about these guys? Hot topic. Uh, you know, I think with Todd Gurley, his price will continue to just go down because we're not going to see him in preseason. We've already heard that he's t- taken off about six pounds at least. And... When you're not playing in preseason and you're letting other people get these snaps, it's just something that people aren't going to be receiving well. So I feel like his ADP will continue to fall. Now, Todd Gurley, we all know he has potential to be, of course, the best running back in the league. We've seen it. He is when he's healthy. But I just, I'm a guy that looks at uh, actions rather than listens to the words. So. You could be telling me something, how somebody's ready to play, how somebody is feeling great, but when I look at your transactions and I see you're spending third-round picks, you're 
matching contracts to retain guys at the same position. It just doesn't seem like their uh, their actions say they are as confident as their words are saying. Wow. <laughs> right? That's just what it looks like from the outside looking in. I'm not like accusing them of lying, but just from the outside looking in, this is what it looks like. It looks like that they are worried about the the running back position and they want to make sure that they're secure there. They they have security because I think it's unknown how Todd Gurley's knee is going to hold up this season. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's one way to um I guess say it. I uh, <laughs> straight to it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I I disagree a little bit with you. Um, this is a league where you you know it's more and more. It's getting more and more popular to have two pretty good running backs. So um, you know the Rams taking a, uh, a running back in the third round. Um, I kind of take it with a grain of salt, as well as you know um, you know Gurley. He's going to be there in the second round, in the mid to late second round, in a lot of drafts. So here's a guy that's had 40 total touchdowns in the last two years. Mm. So if he's just like, you mm. know, if he's 60% of that guy in the second round, mm. that's, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad guy, you know, that yeah. <laughs> you want to take, you know, you want to consider at I that mean, point. 40 touchdowns is not to be balked at. Like that is a lot of, that's far and beyond more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's, he gets by far the most opportunity at the goal line. I mean, we saw it when he was technically injured. Like, they were still trying to give him the ball in the playoffs at the goal line. For sure. Trying to make him relevant in the game. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope Gurley is the same guy, even though he's in my division as a 49er fan. But, you know, for me, that's another guy that I don't see myself taking that risk on. I'm more of a, when I draft, I'm very calculated. I like to be very... um, consistent i don't want to go through the ups and downs and guesses so for me if if he is a great pick for someone in the second round so be it that's great because it's going to be fun to watch Gurley. but for me i will be staying away from that running back tandem um besides malcolm brown who we talked about a little bit earlier off record uh the price is right for malcolm brown other than that, uh, let's talk about some guys that don't get named in this offense. George Everett and Tyler Higby, or Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. See, they're they're not mentioned often, so I get the names wrong. But <laughs> Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, tight ends, L.A. Rams offense. Do any of them become relevant? Is one more valuable than the other? Um. I like Gerald Everett personally. He has a, a much bigger playability. He had a really great game against the uh, Chiefs in the game of the year last season. Um, they're not guys that I would be particularly targeting in in drafts, um, but I could see I could see a world where they're both you know they're you could stream them potentially. Uh, but in the Rams offense, you know that's that's the it's all about the three receiver set and the the you know, the running backs. So yeah. There are definitely guys that I'll kind of gloss over as of now. But, I mean, you know, anything could happen. McVay, he comes from the Redskins organization where they love their tight ends. Uh, Jordan Reed would get the ball all the time. Vernon Davis was, you know, a great mm-hmm. um, flyer in a lot of those uh Even a lot of Niles Paul back, back in the day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They always had um, tight ends that would ball. So, um, you know, I mean, it's something to keep your eye out. I would definitely um, consider – potentially grabbing one uh, in free agency 
Alrighty, so that that was our big two offenses. Uh, they were the part of the biggest game of the NFL season, or what was it? The best game is what they called it. Yeah, they I think won it was SB, all of actually. sports, right? Yeah. It wasn't even just limited to the NFL. It was the best game in all of sports last season was the Chiefs-Rams because of these explosive offenses on display. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, the Super Bowl never happened. <laughs> this was my Super Bowl, damn it. All right? This was a hell of a game. <laughs> all right. So next we got the New Orleans Saints, who have just been an offensive juggernaut for the past decade since Drew Brees. Uh, grace new orleans with his presence um i mean let's see this season we got a lot of the same guys coming back there's a few guys uh looking to take a step up with maybe some more opportunity or a new opportunity but uh yeah for me i'm gonna get right into it and let's talk about drew Brees. start at the top a lot of people um seems like are sleeping on drew Brees a bit this year uh, they don't like the way he ended the season last year, and I he did have a two-game stretch, 14 and 15, where wasn't his best work. But we've seen Drew Brees be a consistent performer for, what, the last 15 seasons. The guy has just been an absolute baller at the quarterback position, and he still has Alvin Kamara to his disposal, Michael Thomas. He added Jared Cook. He had Latavius Murray. This offense is going to be high-powered once again. Traquan Smith, someone I expect to take a big step up this season. Love his ceiling in that offense and his price right now being drafted. Um, New Orleans Saints. I love this offense. It's it's kind of like all reliable to me. It's, it's the yeah. offense that you can always go into and get that production. I would say out of the three that we've named, they they definitely have the safest floor. Um, you kind of just know what you get with them. It's just it's, it's like when you go to a restaurant, you know, like your go-to meal. It's just like you know it's going to be solid. Like there's other tempting meals to try. But, yeah, the Saints, mm-hmm. as long as they have Drew Brees, um, I mean, he has regressed slightly the last few years, um, and they've been a little more reliant on their running game. But he's definitely, you know, he's going to get his. He's going to dump it off to Kamara. He has a guy named Michael Thomas that you guys all know about out there catching the ball. Um, Traquan Smith, as you just mentioned. Um, you know, he the Saints are going to ball. They're gonna, definitely going to score points one way or another. It's just kind of pick your poison. Yeah, I mean, the Saints, They've with Jared Cook coming in, do you think Jared Cook, I mean, I, don't, I, I think you and I are on the same page. He will not replicate the Oakland Raiders season he had last last year, right? The 900 yards, 77 catches. I don't see that. Do you? I definitely do not. I think he's for <laughs> sure going to see much less targets. <laughs> yeah. But I, it won't surprise me if his touchdown, if he has you know close to double digit touchdowns okay. this year. Okay. Uh, he's not going to see nearly as many targets. It wouldn't surprise me if his targets were actually cut in half from last year, just because uh, just because they're a, a, array of weapons. Yeah, Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Um, yeah, it's just I, I just don't see it. But you know he's gonna be in single coverage a lot of the time. So I mean it remains to be seen. But yeah, as of now he's probably gonna be gone in many drafts before I consider taking him. That's for sure. Yeah, this offense it's going to be fun to watch once again. I can't wait to see Kamara now being the the most tenured back in the backfield. 
really being the leader in that backfield. I love Latavius Murray as a uh, a teammate. Like the guys always talk him up about how great he is in the locker room and how great of like a you know supporter he is type of guy. He wants everyone to eat, and I think with uh, Kamara, you know these guys are gonna be really just pushing each other, just like how Ingram and Kamara was. But now Kamara being the more tenured back. Kamara being the guy that that's really been there the longest time, the guy that's most comfortable in that backfield, the guy that the team is most comfortable with, because um, he's been around the longest. So I'm excited to see how they use him. I think that he will benefit slightly. He's, he already gets a lot of touches, but I do think uh, that he will get a slight uptick in snaps. Oh, for sure. I definitely see his carries going up and, yes. I mean, and his receptions too he's he's a guy that you know they're throwing out there as a, a hundred or a thousand yard receiving a thousand yard rushing type of guy uh so i mean yeah, i mean they have all the potential in the world so he's he's a guy that's going to be one of the first running backs drafted obviously so the yeah. saints are going to be looking pretty nice man yep so that that's all for those top three offenses um i'm gonna let you guys know right now we're definitely going to be having a, an extended episode today <laughs> for you because, you know, we've missed a couple of weeks. So we want to make sure that you are getting informed. And, uh, yeah, with that being said, we're going to dip into some of our personal favorite offenses um, to kind of dip into when drafting. And I'm going to begin with the other L.A. team, which is the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers, who are constantly overlooked these guys are always putting up numbers on offense year in and year out. Phillip Rivers, always a top 12 quarterback, quarterback one. And he's just a very consistent safety blanket for that position. Now, a guy that is a bit concerning me about this offense is Melvin Gordon. He is an intricate part of this offense, and they will come to realize that if they have to play without him. Now... Um, there's still some great players with awesome value on this offense, and especially if Melvin Gordon does not play. You know, there's guys like Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler that you can get a little bit later. I'm sure they'll get an ADP bump, but I mean, they will not be in the same tier where you were drafting Melvin Gordon. Now, with that being said, Chargers, sixth in total points scored last season. These guys get to the red zone. They know how to punch it in. Melvin Gordon is one of the top running backs when it comes to scoring touchdowns. He's up there with Gurley. He's up there with Zeke. Those guys are touchdown machines. But Melvin Gordon, um, with him being out, if, if he does hold out, that'll create other opportunity for, I think, guys like Mike Williams. We've seen get huge upticks when Melvin Gordon is not playing, when he gets banged up because he tends to have those games from year to year. Last season, um, I think he, Melvin Gordon missed like a couple games and Mike Williams had a nine-point differential. Wow. Versus, <laughs> and it was just, it's crazy because that, that red zone opportunity becomes so much greater when someone like Melvin Gordon's out of the lineup and they don't have anyone to replace him with. Uh, Justin Jackson last season... He was still young coming into an opportunity. Austin Eckler, they like him as the pass-catching guy. Never really had that success running the ball. Um, 
I think that, you know, this this offense will continue to put up points in 2019. Um, Phillip Rivers, dark horse MVP candidate for me. He's one of those guys people never talk about every year for MVP, which is a quarterback award. And, yeah, I think that, um, you know, a lot of these guys provide great value. Keenan Allen in the third round, the guy has proven to return value as a top five wide receiver. He's been healthy the past few seasons. He's been consistent, just like Phillip Rivers has. You know, Mike Williams with Tyrell Williams gone. We've seen him score 11 touchdowns last season. Comes into a greater opportunity for targets. Touchdowns aren't as sticky, but this guy has the makeup to get those double-digit touchdowns every year. Um, So for me, I really like the Chargers offense. If there was one guy I had to stay away from at their ADP in this offense, besides Melvin Gordon right now because of the issue, would be Hunter Henry. Uh, him coming back from an ACL tear, being drafted in the fifth, sixth round around my guy, Evan Ingram. Ooh. To me, he's not in that tier. I would put him, you know, in the eighth, ninth with Vance McDonald and that, that sort of crew. But Hunter Henry, um, we've seen him be successful as well. And this Chargers team, I can't wait to see it full power. Hopefully Melvin is there, but we'll have to see. So that's my first off the list. By the way, these are in no ranked order. Bright Guy and I will be going back and forth, just offenses we like. Going back to back. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that is uh, my turn. I The first offense that I'm going to speak about is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is an offense that, you know, they're, they've been at the top of the – at the top of the list in the NFL for the past, you know, four or five years, they still have Matt Ryan, who is still very slept on. He's had nearly 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns himself last season. Um, here's a guy that's going, you know, later in the draft, much later than Mahomes. Um, I think he's, you know, he's a top quarterback. He's statistically in fantasy, he's definitely one of the top five guys in the league that you you know you're gonna want to keep your eyes open for and uh, you know draft him in, in the right spot. Um, the Falcons as a team, they've they were sixth in yards per game last season, tenth in points per game. Um, yeah, I mean, you know they're up there. The Saints are in their same division. They're gonna be the points are gonna be flying with them. They have a, a nice up and coming defense. Um, on the contrary, uh, they still have Julio Jones, who had 113 receptions last year. That's tied for second most in his career in a season. He had eight touchdowns. They have Calvin Ridley. You know they're gonna. I think they're gonna continue, and be. They. I think they could improve next year um, as an offense in total. Uh, I mean, they still have Devonte Freeman. He's a guy that's kind of getting overlooked due to his injury, but um, you know they. He's going to have all the carries. Uh, Tevin Coleman is gone. <laughs> so at his current ADP, um, around the third third round of the draft, he's a guy that you know you, know, you might want to take a look at. Uh, if he's healthy, it's going to be a big if. Uh, he had a right knee contusion week one, and uh, so he missed some time there. And then he had a season-ending sports hernia surgery in week five. Um, so, that, you know, that's something to kind of, you know, consider. But... You know, uh, he has a, he has the potential to have you know twelve thousand or twelve hundred yards. Um, yeah, you know he's going after guys like Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, 
I think I would prefer him over those guys as of now, um, just because of the Falcons' offense in totality. Yeah, that's a great point. I definitely like that touchdown upside. Also, one thing um, about that Falcons' offense has, I think they're the only team in the league where every player on the offensive line is a first-round pick. Yeah. Their whole offensive line has first-round pedigree, and that's like, the biggest, if if you want to judge first round success, I think offensive line is like proven to be the most sticky. Like your first round offensive lineman is usually a good one, and they they are they're very good at determining what offensive lineman should be up there. You know, as far as getting drafted, and uh, yeah, the Falcons got a really good one. So next, I'm going to talk about an exciting team that I cannot shut up about all off season, and that's. <laughs> Cleveland. You and the entire Twitterverse. <laughs> yeah, the Browns. <laughs> I am super excited to watch the Browns. A full season of Baker Mayfield. Um, cannot wait to see what happens. Since Baker has taken over the kitchen in week four, he was good enough to break the rookie passing touching touchdown record at 27. He set the bar there. And he started in week four, so even without the first few games, he was able to break that record without his newly added Odell Beckham Jr., without new addition to the coaching staff, Todd Monken. Uh, you know, he's a pass passing game guru, and I cannot wait to see. I mean, this offense is star-studded all the way around. You look at them from the tight end position. Dave Njoku came out with O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram. These were, you know, this was one of the highest rated tight end classes that we've seen in a decade. And David Njoku is right there with those guys. So he's, I feel like he's, you know, a bit disrespected in this offense. Uh, him on one-on-one coverage just seems unfair. The guy is super athletic. And then you go and look at, oh, we got Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside now. He could play anywhere on the field, run any route, game breaker. He will have double coverage, guys looking at him. He's a huge distraction. You got Antonio Callaway, burner. He's going to be playing that Deshaun Jackson role that you saw in in Buccaneers offense last year. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Man. This guy, you know, Jarvis Landry, he didn't look awesome as the number one wide receiver, but He's proven to ball out of the slot when he's getting that one-on-one coverage and there's mismatches, and there will be plenty of those. So I think Baker, no matter where he's looking this season, somebody's going to be open. Baker's played the spread in college, Heisman Trophy winner doing so, and he knows how to get that ball out quick and where it should go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the running backs. You look at the running backs, we got... Nick Chubb, he had a few plays last year of 99 yards or uh, over 90 yards running, and he uh, he's a game breaker in his own in his own way. I've seen him just take three carries to the house. You know the guy, he is an absolute stud. He's not going to be facing those stacked boxes because of these great weapons that are all around the offense. So another guy that I expect to see favorable matchups is Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt suspended those first eight games, but new addition Kareem Hunt 
Guy is also a very good football player when he is available. We've seen that. And, um, yeah, Duke Johnson, another guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Very valuable. They just have weapons all over this offense. And I'm a big believer in Baker Mayfield. So, for me, when I look at the Browns, I look at them as a favorite to be next in these high-powered offenses that we've been talking about, being grouped in with the Rams, being grouped in with the Chiefs, because they, they've put the guys around around necessary to create this high-powered offensive monster that we're all so excited to see. So, yeah, that that is my rant on the Browns. Can't wow. wait to watch them. High praise from the Thai guy. Yes, yes. It. Yeah, next on the list... I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they're middle of the. They're in the middle of the pack last year in points per game. I expect that to tick upwards uh, with Carson Wentz coming back. I, I'm hoping he bounces back. He had uh, obviously he was out most of uh, last year with his back injury. Um, he tore his ACL a couple seasons ago, so um, he's definitely a guy that is getting a lot of MVP praise from guys like Lewis Riddick um, and just everywhere around the league. I think. He's going to bounce back uh, with a vengeance. He's a guy that I really liked. I actually wanted the L.A. Rams to draft him over Jared Goff uh, in 2016. But, yeah, he's a, he's a stud. He's a, it's going to be a big if. He needs to be healthy. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that's definitely, you know, has the potential to ball and be, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks uh, statistically for Quick fantasy. question. More likely to get MVP next year, Baker or Wentz? Which one are you taking? Ooh. I'm going to take I'm going to take Wentz. Okay. I'm going to say that because uh Go ahead and continue on your <laughs> rant. I just wanted to throw that in there real no, quick. No, just really quick. I'm going to say that because Baker, I do like Baker, but he's had one season. Um I've never been the kind of guy to be like, "Oh, he's had one great season, so, you know, he's he's going to be this or that." Um but yeah, anyways, um Yeah, I don't know. I like Wentz. I like I like Wentz this year. Um as far as uh, their other weapons, there's a guy by the name of Zach Ertz, who is an absolute stud. He had 116 receptions last year as a tight end. And as a tight end, he had that's the second most in the league, only behind Michael Thomas on the Saints. So, you know, that's a hell of a stat. Uh, I don't expect that to um, kind of carry over to this year, but, you know, I won't be surprised if he has, you know, 90, 95 receptions. For, and as for a tight end, you know, that's... That's a that's a hell of a stat. Uh, I think he he definitely had a better report with um, Nick Foles, uh, but you know he's a, he's going to be the third tight end taken. I mean he might be the second tight end taken uh, in some mocks, but definitely the third. There's only you know x amount of decent tight ends in this league that are fantasy relevant. So um, yeah, he's he, you know he's a stud. Uh, he went to Stanford. He's from Danville, California, so he's a local guy. Uh, He's, you know, and as far as the the receivers or pass catchers, I should say, in this offense, he's he's going to be the guy, you know. He's going to be the main target in that in that offense. There was one thing you missed crucially while naming the familiarity aspect of him. Ah. Being from Danville, California, there's another very cool fun fact about Zach Ertz and, all, and Great all, point. us. Should I say it or should you? Let say him it? know, bro. Let him know. Yeah, he has the same birthday as me, the Bry guy, and Tyler. He's he was actually born November tenth, nineteen ninety, which is the same 
day and year I was born. Yep. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, ever since his college days, I've always kind of, like, admired and uh, appreciated his skill set. And, you know, it's just, he's a baller, man. So, in that offense... He's the he's the, he's the guy. He's the man in that in that offense. November tenth, gang. November tenth, gang, gang. Yeah, but I think the guys you know we know about the Ertz, we know about the Wentz. I think what the the guys want to know, what about the receivers there? How do you see that shaking out? Ooh, yeah, they did uh, acquire um, Deshaun Jackson last year. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be an asset in this offense. I think he's gonna be a better receiver. Um, for the team, um, how should I say? Like he's gonna be a better real life receiver than he is for fantasy. Just by him being on the field, he's gonna kind of open up the field for other guys, uh, like Zach Ertz, um, Alshon Jeffrey, who I'm gonna speak about. Um, you know, he's he's in, you know he might not be a bad late flyer, uh, you know, to take in your draft. But as far as Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's gonna be the main receiver in that offense. He's I'm expecting him to lead the team in targets um, after um, Ertz. You know, his current ADP is in the mid-fifth round. So, you know, if you go uh, running back heavy in your draft, he might be a guy that you might want to keep an eye on. Because, uh, you know, he's going to be there. He's not going to be taken super early, but he has the potential to have a 1,000-yard res- uh, season, and he's going to get all the red zone – not all the red zone targets, but he's going to get a fair, his fair share of targets. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a, a guy that you should keep your eye on. Yeah, Mike Williams, like, I like the comparisons I used to hear about the build, like Alshon Jeffrey, you know, they're big. Those guys need those red zone targets. They could be very beneficial there. Definitely. Okay, so you like like, uh, Alshon Jeffrey to lead the team in targets and receiving, and I assume receiving touchdowns, I guess, other than Ertz, out of the wide receiver group. Mm -hmm. Now, I think after that is like the biggest, you know, opportunity is you got Deshaun Jackson, you got Aguilar, you got Arcega Whiteside. Is he going to get any playing mm-hmm. time? That's another big red zone guy. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I like their their other receivers, but for fantasy, I'm going to kind of just steer clear for now. Is that including um, Jackson? Deshaun yeah, Jackson? Yeah, including Jackson. Okay. But he's... Um, yeah, he's probably the guy that I guess I see him as more of like just him opening the field mm-hmm. for the other targets. Mm-hmm. But I think I think there's the potential for another guy. I like I like uh, what's his name Whiteside for sure. So in three wide receiver sets, do you anticipate Whiteside being in there or Aguilar in there with Jackson? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think for now, I think. Well, long term, I like Whiteside, but for now, I like Aguilar. He's okay. been in the offense for a little bit longer. I like it. Um, yeah, so we'll see. But, um, but yeah, as you're as forgetting f- the biggest question mark oh, in the man. whole offense. Oh, here we go, running back. Yes, <laughs> everyone wants to know who's gonna lead this running back <sighs> tandem. And t- they, I think they have eight running backs right now. Yikes! They just got Sproles back. Sproles back, man. It's God. definitely. This is a situation that you have to pay attention to. I, as of now, I like Sanders, but it won't. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get a lot of playing time his first season. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he got a lot of playing time this season. <laughs> That's tough. So, as of now, as of today, I'm kind of steering clear <laughs> from he that. He had backfield. to pick one that got the Jordan. most touches this uh, this whole Ooh, season. If I had to put my money on it, if you had to pick one. Like, uh, who's going to get the most touches throughout the whole season? 
if I had to put my money on it, I would probably put put it on Jordan Howard. Uh, I feel like he's the safest bet. Mm-hmm. But if I want the upside, I'm going Sanders. I think you and I agree. Like Howard will get that early season work. For and sure. And if he does something with it, then he's a great bet to keep it for this season. But at the same time, I'm with you where, uh, you know, he could very well be out of the rotation come week six. They might have figured it out with Sanders by yeah. then or, you know, just filled in a different way. Like Jay Ajayi has been cleared to practice. You know, they they have had success with Jay Ajayi before. That's right. But it's just that that backfield is a mess, and I think that's the biggest Yikes. question in that high-powered offense. Is yeah, I don't expect I don't expect Sproles to just suddenly go away either. I know he's older, but he's still you know he's I think he's going to be relevant in that offense as well. So yeah, it's kind of just something to you know keep in mind, I guess. But as of now, that's probably as far as the entire league goes. That's probably the running back situation that I want to steer clear from the most, <laughs> as of today at least. Okay. And then there's <laughs> another thing about this offense, another dynamic that we have yet to uncover, and that's the fact that two tight ends in this roster get, or in this team get rostered at the end of drafts. Mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard ends up being taken around anywhere from 12th to 14th round. Uh, Dallas Goddard, do you, do you see a world where the Philadelphia Eagles can have two fantasy-relevant tight ends healthy at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's been done before with the Patriots uh, years ago with um, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. Um, it's not something that I really want to... <laughs> I don't really want to roster Goddard um, outside of Dynasty Leagues mm. just because, you know, a backup tight end is kind of just mm-hmm. taking up a roster spot at this point. But he's super talented, He's kind of a guy that, like, you know, he would have been great for the last podcast, actually, because he's a guy where he's super talented, but he's not really seeing the oh, opportunity yeah. that, that you would been. like to have seen him get. He's going to get his touchdowns. He's going to have his boom or bust games. But, he, you know, as maybe in daily uh, fantasy leagues, he's, he might want to start him. But as far as just like a regular redraft league, um, you know, I'm kind of steering clear. Um, unless there's an injury to Zach Ertz, he's kind of a, a guy that won't be on any of my rosters. Um, yeah, I think with the addition of Deshaun Jackson, that really put a wrench in any potential like two tight end uh, dominant offense that we would see because I think that really solidifies them running three wide receivers with Deshaun Jackson coming from Tampa Bay. And yeah, other than that, do you have anything else you want to add on the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, no, that's about it. Okay, so I'm going to get into the next team. Another offense that has been dominant for the past decade plus. And that is a team that doesn't have much turnover when it comes to their coaching staff and organization altogether. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers last season, Big Ben Roethlisberger in his 100th season (laughs) led the NFL in passing yards. Wow. Wow, with Patrick Mahomes getting MVP and all this hype, you know, of Drew Brees being able to throw these 5,000-yard seasons, Big Ben's 5,000-yard season gets overlooked. Not many people talking about it because of all the distractions coming out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Number one target, obviously, Antonio Brown. It's been a huge safety blanket for the Steelers. is gone. Gone. And... 
to me, that just creates opportunity for others to step up in an offense where we've seen this happen before. We've seen big-name wide receivers move on. Yep. None as good as Antonio Brown, I will Not say. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Antonio Brown is probably second all-time. And that's next to Jerry Rice, who yeah. he's not going to beat. So yeah, he's as good as it gets. You know what I mean? I, there's not Jerry Rice to me was an anomaly. That guy is in his own tier. Other than that, Antonio Brown, I mean, you're not going to be able to replicate his, um, you're not going to be able to replicate his production with one person. But this no creates a whole lot of opportunity for guys all around this offense. I'm talking all over. We're talking over 150 targets being vacated on one player. A guy that has consistently gotten over 100 100 catches per season, over 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns. These numbers are vacated. And there is a lot of opportunity for whoever is willing to come get it. And we've seen guys in Pittsburgh step up time and time again, especially at the wide receiver position in the Mike Tomlin era. And I look at guys that are getting drafted in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. James Washington, Dante Moncrief, guys that are, you know, have have a huge opportunity but are also talented in their own ways. Um, You know, I think that these guys could be league winners. We're talking about someone like Juju last season who was not being drafted at the top of drafts. Ends up going for 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns. Uh, this Pittsburgh offense, it just it puts up numbers. And I think Juju's going to have a good chance to replicate what he did last season just based on the spite of Antonio Brown leaving <laughs> and thinking that he's not going to be able to do this. I think the organization is really going to help him, and they're going to do a lot to really uh, showcase Juju Smith next year. And James Conner. But also, I don't think that they will be able to replicate the production with just one player uh, with Antonio Brown. I think that guys like Vance McDonald going in the eighth round, you got guys like Jalen Samuels who could play either in two running back or two tight end sets. The guy could play anywhere on the field. He's very versatile. So to me, I look at this offense, and I, I see a lot of guys, Big Ben himself, 13th round. These guys are going way late, other than James Conner and Juju. Right. And I just I look at that value there, and I'm like, wow, these guys could really be league winners just based on what we've seen from Pittsburgh in the past, how much of a high-powered offense it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that offense a little bit further in their success last season. They were also tied with the Chargers for number six in points, total points. So they're up there with, I'm talking Pittsburgh, Chargers, right in front of them, Indianapolis, right behind them, Atlanta, Chicago. These are offenses that put up numbers. And Pittsburgh, to be uh, disvalued in the ADP the way that they are being, just, uh, you know, I think Big Ben, he won't be the 5,000 guy, 5,000 yard guy this season, but I do see Big Ben throwing for over 4K, 4,500 healthy, and throwing for about 30 touchdowns. And that is, that is enough to keep a few, uh, 
pieces afloat, and that's just a floor for Big Ben. We've seen his ceiling. Guy could put up 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. But, you know, I'm going modest, but I still think with all that opportunity, there is a lot of value to be found and be had in the Pittsburgh offense. Um, Yeah, but James Washington, second-round wide receiver chosen in last year's draft. Deontay Johnson chosen in this year's draft. Dante Moncrief, free agent. I th- think he's still like 24 years old, bro. He's Ooh. super young. And uh, Who do you it, like out of that, uh, that bunch? Out of that bunch, I would take my chances with James Washington being the guy that they drafted in the second round last season. I think he will get the all the opportunity to show that he is the guy, but I've heard a lot of rumbling that they like Moncrief right now. I think that it could just be a, a smoke show pretty much. Like I don't think they want to let the cat out the bag with uh, some of the other guys. We haven't heard I haven't heard anything about Deontay Johnson this offseason. Um I know a lot of people called him the best route runner, compared him to A B. I love the sound of that, but even A B took a few years to come into a role in that offense. So in redraft, I don't like Deontay Johnson as much as I do in Dynasty. But I think if I had to take a dart throw at one of these guys this year, I'm going to go with James Washington and just I think they're going to give him the opportunity to break out because if not, they'll be looking at Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I think it's pretty much James Washington's uh, job to lose. He's I think they're going to give him all the opportunity in the world, and if he produces, that's that's going to be excellent. Like you said, those all those targets they're going to go they're going to disperse elsewhere. You know, among the running backs tight ends other receivers um yeah so somebody's definitely going to be fantasy relevant other than juju and uh james connor that's mm-hmm. for sure right and then as far as another fantasy friendly offense who is your next choice my next choice is <clears throat> drum roll the green bay packers oh yes i love this i love the packers i know tyler this is music to tyler's <laughs> ears right now yes. tyler went all in Won the ship on the Packers. Mm-hmm. What their entire offense he has. <laughs> their starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Their top running back, Aaron Jones. Their top wide receiver, Deontay Adams. So, yeah, I know Tyler's loving this. They were ninth in passing yards per game last year. Uh, you know, people forget Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He's, <laughs> he's not getting you know drafted as the top quarterback after Mahomes' um, past year. Uh, and understandably so, but you know he's he's gonna sling that that thing. Like <laughs> Devonte Adams had nearly um, fourteen thousand yards receiving. He's a red zone monster. Thirteen touchdowns last year. He was just nasty. That's that's his go to guy. Like and you know as far as uh, their other re- receivers go, there's Geronimo Allison, which has he's been getting a lot of praise lately. Uh, I think we kind of glossed over him as well in the news segment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting a lot of love in the slot. He's you know he's back. He's just hurt last year. Um, they have other young guys: Marquez Scantling, uh, Equanim, however you say it, EQ Brown. You know I think you, Aaron Rodgers is gonna throw the ball. I think Devonte Adams is the guy. But there's gonna be games where you're gonna want to start. You know you consider starting somebody like Geronimo Allison or Scantling. Um, we're going to kind of have to see with with younger receivers that are kind of like drafted in the middle to late rounds 
uh, you kind of it's kind of like a mixed bag. You not you don't really know what you're gonna get, but you know with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, like that's definitely <laughs> you, you, those are guys that you're gonna want to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we you know we can't forget about Aaron Jones, Mister Five Point Five Yards Per Carry himself. Uh, that led the league, I believe, as far as qualified touches. Just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, he's you know he's a stud. Uh, if he gets the opportunity, he could be an RB one. Um, you know, we'll have to see with Matt LaFleur, the new Packers head coach, but, uh, I mean, I'm loving, I'm loving the Packers. You know, I'm, I'm loving most of these guys. Uh, even Jimmy Graham, who, um, was kind of disappointing last year. He only had two touchdowns, uh, you know, from people that remember Jimmy Graham back in the Saints days, like, that's not really super exciting, but, uh, I expect that to get better. You know, I expect him to get better in his second year, uh, as a Green Bay Packer. He's still a big guy. He's a you know former basketball player. He's six foot six, I believe, six foot seven. He's gonna be a red zone monster. Uh, so yeah, I'm loving the Packers. Is there anybody uh, that I'm that you want to add or anyone um, that you feeling? Yeah, if I had to add somebody, this is a big sleeper right now, but could end up being an intricate piece to that uh, running back room is Dexter Williams, someone that they are really high on. And, uh, yeah, he's someone that I will be keeping an eye on. I'm sure that him being drafted to this new regime, Matt LaFleur, uh, Matt LaFleur will be giving him the opportunity when he can. I know a lot of people are expecting big things from Aaron Jones. I am as well. But Dexter Williams is someone that I could see coming in in two running back sets. And uh, maybe being that that change of pace guy, the you know that second role, but um, I think with the Packers, people want to know about the second wide receiver. They want to know uh, where's the value going to be in Green Bay. It's at that second starting wide receiver. Um, MVS has. Uh, he had 500 plus yards last season in his first season with Aaron Rodgers. That's better than any receiver in Aaron Rodgers' first year with them. So, I think that with the people, they want to know where the value is going to come, and I think it's going to be whoever is that second passing option in Green Bay. That's going to be where you find the value. Whether it's Geronimo, whether it's MVS, or EQ, could be. But, yeah, I think for the Packers offense, that's the biggest question. Next on the list, we have... Yeah, next on the list, we got my home team, San Francisco 49ers, who were just extremely hyped up last season. I mean, we're talking Jimmy G in like the fifth round, Jarek McKinnon in the second, third round. The 49ers offense was extremely hyped up. Goodwin was going like uh, in the single-digit rounds. Those days are over. (laughs) These guys are cheap, 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 cheap. And the reason why is because there's so much uncertainty with who the starting uh, position players are going to be. Um, You know, you and I have our ideas of who is going to lead the backfield. A lot of people do think it's going to be Tevin Coleman. But it's just something that has not been seen in San Francisco. Uh, They had a good rapport in Atlanta, but Coleman was not the lead back there. And 
in San Francisco, um, it's going to be interesting to see if he wants to use Coleman exclusively as a lead back or if he's going to be given Brita the opportunity that I think he deserves. I, I saw Brita do work last season injured in stacked boxes. The guy was amazing with the opportunity he got and showed that he wanted to uh, play. He, he had a hunger for more even though we were losing. He was injured. The guy was getting a new injury every week and coming back and getting cleared. It was insane. Still putting up points in fantasy. Still putting up, you know, five yards of carry, and he could catch the ball out of the backfield. If you had to put your money on it, who would you bet gets the bulk of the carries there in San Francisco this Man, season? The bulk. I'm going to go with Tevin Coleman. Um, I think, man, I... I want to say Brita so bad because that's who I'm rooting for. <laughs> Damn, you hate all the Bry guys players, man. <laughs> I just, man, I just look at it and I think they got such a good value on Coleman. Um, that's why they brought him in, and they're like, hey, like if we're gonna be paying you, might as well use you. They got and, him on a. I will. I will add they got him for fairly cheap too. Great deal. Great deal. Very very team friendly deal, but I think it's because of uh, what what Coleman was looking for and that was an opportunity to showcase his talent someone that knows how to use him and Kyle Shanahan does and this wasn't something that happened right away in the offseason it wasn't like the Niners were hot to go get Tevin Coleman it kind of just unfolded that way where it worked out it was a team-friendly deal and Coleman wanted to come reunite with Shanahan so I think for that reason the expectation is Coleman will get the carries, but if Brita's in practice balling out, uh, the Niner fans are going to be asking for him. He he was someone that showed a, an incredible amount of heart, and he, Brita's being drafted in the 14th round right now. It's almost it's so disrespectful, <laughs> and uh, you know everyone else super cheap. You look at the 49ers. We got George Kittle, of course, record-breaking tight end. He's the most expensive at this late second, early third round. Um, other than that, we got Dante Pettis in the seventh, eighth round. Tevin Coleman, sixth, seventh round. These guys are cheap. And they could be league winners as well because we've seen that Kyle Shanahan offense pump out offensive numbers and manufacture yards. I mean, you look at George Kittle last season, perfect example. Matt Breda, Nick Mullins. These guys were placeholders, and they were putting up fantasy-relevant seasons because, you know, of course, other than George Kittle. But other than that, you look at these guys. Kendrick Bourne made – he was somewhat fantasy-relevant. Uh, Raheem Mostert, bro. Jeff Wilson. Anyone that comes in that offense is going to be uh, fantasy-relevant, whoever's getting the touches. So you look at the rest of the offense. Jimmy G, 12th round, captain. Uh, we've seen – Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks win an MVP, throw in historic yards per attempt. I just look at the 49ers and I'm like, man, there's so much upside with Kyle Shanahan and so much unknown. And I think that's why there's so much value to be had in the 49ers offense. So I'm going fantasy friendly because one, they're extremely cheap, which is friendly to my fantasy pockets. And then two, Kyle Shanahan offenses are fantasy friendly. We've seen that in the past. So, yeah, uh, for me, I look at that offense, and I think everyone is a value except George Kittle. You're paying up to get Kittle, but it's expected. 
with the season that he had last year. Man, Jimmy G, he's going in uh, the eighth to ninth round, it looks like, in a lot of mocks. I don't anticipate that being the case in uh, many of the leagues that I'll be in <laughs> due to the uh, amount of N- Niners fans. But oh, yeah. at that value, you know, even if he's, you know, like in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know, that's – He's a guy that, you know, he has high, very high upside. He, he could be a quarterback one easily. I mean, what's interesting is um, I'm sure you're looking at some, like, ADP website, but I, man, on my best ball drafts, I get him in the 12th round religiously. He's by far my most owned player in best ball. Wow. And it's because I, I know where to get him. He's, yeah. he's back there with Tom Brady in the 12th round, and I'm like, bro, if I'm going to pick between – you know, Jimmy G or Derek Carr, Tom Brady. I think that's an incredible value for a guy that we have yet to see his true potential. Um, other than that, on the 49ers, you know, the, the, the receivers are going to be very interesting how they, they shake out. I think uh, Debo Samuel can be fantasy relevant year one, which is not usually the case for rookie wide receivers but this guy is four years in college four-year starter Debo can run all the routes he's the reason why his name is Debo is because he used to bully kids back in the day (laughs) I mean he's he's physical he's ready to get out there and press uh, on the line bro he's ready to get physical with those corners and I think that uh, Debo could make an impact year one not saying he'll go for a thousand yards, but I'm saying that he can definitely, uh, you know, be a 50, 60 catch guy year one. And uh, other than that, I think people are overlooking Marquise Goodwin, someone that Jimmy G has shown good rapport with, has shown that he can make Marquise Goodwin fantasy relevant. Marquise Goodwin, what is he doing this off season? He's hanging out with Tigers. He's winning fastest man competitions in the NFL his confidence is high and he's got a lot to play for he's been through a lot of stuff I just look at uh Marquise Goodwin and I think that is another value guy at you know in the 13th round he's going super late um but yeah that that'll probably wrap it up for the Niners I just think with the Kyle Shanahan offense equals safe floor high upside and they're incredibly cheap. Plus, they're from the Bay. They are indeed from the Bay. Okay. Next on the list. Next on the list. We're Next getting the there, list. fellas. This oh, is man. quite the beast of an episode, <laughs> but we are getting there. We're getting there, slowly but surely. <laughs> Next on the list, we got an offense who I believe is on the rise, the Houston Texans. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Deshaun Watson, one of my favorite non-Rams quarterbacks in the league. Uh He's a guy that, you know, he has all the hype surrounding him this year. He's I've seen him go as the second quarterback in a lot of mock drafts. I don't anticipate that being the case, but, you know, just the fact that I'm seeing that here and there, you know, that I think that means something. Uh, you know, he's throwing to uh, some very good receivers. Uh, name One of them uh, you guys might have heard of, DeAndre Hopkins. He had 115 receptions last year, third in the league. He's only, he was the second in the yards in the league uh, after Julio, which is, you know, you basically know who you're getting with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's going to be drafted super high, so it's not a whole lot of value there. He's just going to, you know, he's probably going to be the first receiver taken in a lot of leagues. Um, but if you want to talk about guys who will be of more value, you could look at to no other than Will Fuller. 
Um, he's a guy that has been explosive. We've seen him like light it up. Um, you know, basically you, <clears throat> the one issue that you got to worry about with him is his health. He's a guy that's been um, injured um, here and there, well, quite often actually. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that when he's had the ball in space, uh, you know, he he lights it up. He's just a very explosive player. Um, they have Kiki Kuti, if I'm saying that correctly. He's a guy that uh, the, he's shined in some games as well. He had a very good playoff game last year in the first round. Uh, you know, he's, he's had his splashes. He, had, he has big play potential. Um, one thing I'm not super excited about in Houston is their running backs. They still have this guy named Lamar Miller. He's uh, he's not, uh, I guess he's, I would say he's not super exciting. Um, he's not a guy that I'm going to be looking to draft. He's, but he's, you know, he's the starter for now. Uh, but that's remained to be seen. Uh, yeah, that's, is there any points you'd like to add? I just think the big question mark with the Texans is the tight end. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, do you know who the starting tight end is right now? No, I couldn't even tell you. Do you know any of the names in the tight end room? Oof. I don't know. That's I got I'm two. staying away I, from them. <laughs> <laughs> I got two for you. There, one, Jordan Thomas, who mm-hmm. showed touchdown potential last season. He was a guy that stepped in for them when Ryan Griffin wasn't able to play. And, you know, they're... They're, they're rough at tight end. There's going to be an opportunity for someone. And they just drafted a rookie from San Diego State, Cahill Waring, who is on whose roster? Game over? No way! Because we got Game Genie! Yeah, the Game Genie has the Waring. And, you know, that could be a really nice stash for Dynasty. It's hard to project rookie tight end breakouts because they almost never happen usually takes a few years to get acclimated offensively, start catching passes on a consistent basis. But yeah, I think people want to know Jordan Thomas versus Cahill wearing uh, Ryan Griffin's gone now. So I think that is the battle there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, you covered it all with the Texans. Let's go ahead and move on to the next offense, which is the New York Giants. Sounds crazy, I know. I'm over here like a mad scientist an hour 40 into the new episode. Just so you guys know, Tyler has not been drinking at all during the recording (laughs) of this podcast. Not at all. But you look at the New York Giants. They are extremely disrespected. Just Eli Manning being the poster child of your franchise. You are going to be the laughing stock. Um, especially with those ridiculous <laughs> expressions that he makes on his face. But let's talk about the Giants last season. You might have thought that they were toast, done last season, right? Last season they were 16th in total points scored and in yards. So they were right there middle of the pack, uh, you know, top, almost a top 12 offense. They're right, out, right outside of that. And I don't expect them to become a big powerhouse offense but what i do like about the giants why i think they are fantasy friendly is because of the value once again you got big name player odell beckham jr 
vacating over 100 targets, 120 plus targets a year being up for grabs. That's going to be great for guys like Sterling Shepard, who has shown he is a capable wide receiver, just needs the targets, needs the opportunity, needs the volume. And then guys like Evan Ingram, who, when Odell Beckham doesn't play, gets a huge bump in his fantasy production. Um, you know, Golden Tate was also added this offseason. A guy that has shown that he could do stuff with the ball after the catch. That's what they want in New York. Eli isn't going to be the guy throwing bombs anymore. He's not going to be throwing the 20, 30, 40 yard bombs. He's going to be dumping the ball off, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards tops. And Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, those guys will eat that up all day and create opportunity after the catch. Uh, so let's talk about these guys the, and their value. I mean, Saquon Barkley's going top three. Other than that, you could get any Giants player after the sixth round. You know, Evan Ingram might go in that fifth in a few drafts, but I just recently got him at 6'11 in best ball. And, you know, that seems early because I feel like I could have left him a little bit longer. So you're talking these guys are going in the sixth, seventh round for, you know, starting tight end in Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, eighth, ninth round. Um, these are guys that, that could in- provide incredible value. Sterling Shepard's a guy that was just under a thousand receiving yards last year. Odell Beckham gone. This seems obvious that he goes over that number. Um, also touchdowns. Odell Beckham was a guy that usually had t- double digit touchdowns in his career when he's healthy. So I think there's just a lot of opportunity for vacant targets and red zone looks. Uh, because Saquon Barkley, he has already had such an incredible workload. I just don't see it getting that dramatically much bigger. Which means that, you know, guys like Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram are going to be eaten in the passing game. Um, what's left over from Saquon Barkley in those dump-offs? Um, but yeah, I'm looking at these Giants wide receivers and I think there's a a ton of value in those those guys alone that group right there if i had to point one out and yeah other than that um you want to know anything about this giants offense um i mean i will say that um other than sterling shepherd i think who's going to benefit the most is um is uh i'm sorry barkley barkley uh, yes. yeah okay. he's going to see a, i think he's going to see a pretty big uptick in targets and catches this year uh i mean i don't expect them to you know i don't expect a lot of shootouts this year from the giants or a lot of high scoring games but yeah i mean like you said there's going to be a lot of value i think sterling shepherd is a guy who i would almost say is a lock for a thousand yards Uh, so yeah i mean you'll have to keep your eyes out for that team we'll have to see yep so as far as saquon barkley last season he had 91 catches last year wow. for 721 yards, four touchdowns. I just, I could see them maybe adding on 10 catches to that. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how it can be any more than like a 10, maybe, maybe 15 catch increase at the most. Yeah. 
And that's still so many opportunities out there for other guys in that offense. Um, it'll be it'll be real interesting to see how those targets get distributed now that Odell Beckham Jr. is gone. We'll have to see. But, yeah, with Eli Manning at this point of his career, he's definitely as safe as bet as dumping the ball off. <laughs> we've, uh, we've all seen um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s frustration with not being able to get the ball, being right. open several Well, that's what I was saying uh, that I like. Uh, circumstances. But, yeah, like guys like Sterling Shepard out of the yes. slot. Uh, I'm, I'm loving that, also, especially at that value. Golden sure. Tate has been a slot guy throughout his career. Yeah, how Evan, are they both going to be on the field at the same time? Evan Ingram, another guy that's like he could play slot if you wanted Man. to put him in that position. It's just a bunch of guys that can make plays after the catch. They're going right. to get these guys. Pat Shermer, he's going to manufacture these dump-offs, these touches, screens, slants, posts, all short routes. It's going to be very intermediate. You know, he'll Five go yards per attempt. I would say, like, <laughs> you know, his longest attempts will be, you know, forty yards will be the longest, and then we'll frequently see him maybe do like a, a fifteen twenty yard every game. But I just don't see him making those deep throws like he was trying attempting with Odell Beckham because one, they're completely off. Two, the personnel doesn't match that anymore. These guys, these guys are more get the ball in their hands closer to the line of scrimmage, um, more volume. They're volume guys, you know what I mean? Guys that will get you that 10 yards per catch, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So guys that are just moving the chains, not necessarily the biggest plays, but steady. And in a PPR league, that those are great value guys. But, yeah, I think that wraps us up for the Giants. The G-Men. All right. Last but not least, I have the Haynes squad, the Dallas Cowboys. This is another team that we've kind of seen them uh, take some pretty good steps uh, after acquiring Amari Cooper last year. Um, as an offense in total, they started scoring more points. Um, Amari Cooper is going to be in his second year in his new offense, so I expect him to ball this year. Um, Where is he being taken in, in redraft in the second round? Amari Cooper, I've seen him in the third. It's usually third, early wow. third. Early third, wow. That's... He, he's there with uh, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, Ooh. Aaron Jones, those type of guys. You're going to be choosing between him and the rest of those guys. That's not. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good bunch of <laughs> players. Uh, he's somebody that you know you might want to consider taking. He's definitely, he's, I'd say he's easily the wide receiver one on that squad. But um, as far as other guys... Um, there's actually, so, yeah, Alan Hearns got cut today, I believe. Um, so he's out of the mix. But, you know, they signed Randall Cobb. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that can still contribute out of the slot. Um, they still have their deep play guy, um, Michael Gallup, who's going to be in his second year, uh, who the Haynes just acquired from me for a second-round draft pick earlier this year. He's, you know, he has, he could have potential to, you know, have 800 yards, I think. He's a solid player. Um you know, uh, with as far as Amari, back to Amari Cooper, as far as that goes, he's averaged 80 yards per game with Dallas. Before he was traded to Dallas with Oakland, uh, he averaged 47 yards per game before the trade uh, last season. So, you know, that's just uh, he's in a he's in a new offense. He's going to be open. He has, a, I believe, a better quarterback with Dak Prescott, who's a guy that's kind of 
you know, he's kind of in that Jared Goff category where he's not getting the love I feel he deserves. But he's, I think he's a franchise guy. But, uh, you know, we can't forget about Zeke. Uh, their number one fantasy player, uh, their running back, their stud. You know, if, as long as he shows up to, to play, he's going to be one of the top two or three running backs in this league. Um, especially for fantasy uh, purposes. But, you know, um, it's just a squad that I like. I like their O-line. They still have a, one of the best O-lines, I believe. Um, I mean, I think I think there's gonna, they're going to score a lot of points this year. It wouldn't surprise me if they're one of the top five or six teams uh, in 2019 as far as, you know, total offense. Mm, yeah, they, they are definitely um, an underrated offense, in my opinion, they don't get the respect that they deserve as far as guys outside of Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott has proven to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback since he's came into the league. Um, Amari Cooper is someone I believe in heavily. You guys know that. Um, I think Amari Cooper has tremendous potential, and I expect a, a huge breakout in one of these next few years. So why not make it this one when he is a getting ready to get a huge contract extension soon. So no other time like the present for Amari. Can't wait to see the Cowboys this season. I think that they're going to turn a lot of heads with that offense, especially with uh, Scott Linehan out of the way. And, um, yeah, Kellen Moore coming into the offensive coordinator position. Yeah, so other than that, we're going to talk about questions. Questions in the tank. We got some questions in the tank. And first one coming from our co-host that could not make it today. That's coming from Mr. Cheese. Real California cheese. It's the cheese. And he wants to know who will win rookie of the year and who is the runner up. Why don't you go ahead and answer for us who you think will win rookie of the year and who will be the runner up. Ooh, this one I think is pretty tough. Uh, I think if Kyler Murray shows any type of potential and has a decent year, I think I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. Um, they usually give it to the quarterback, unless you know if if there's a good quarterback, uh, they usually give it to that guy. Um, you unless know, there's a unless Saquon there's a Saquon Barkley <laughs> kind of player, but um, you know, um, I think it's I think it's going to be Kyler this year. There's not a lot of uh, skill players that I think are going to just contribute like Saquon or like a stud number one receiver at least this season uh, from this draft class so yeah. as of now I'd go Kyler and number two I'd go with uh, a player that I'm not super high on personally but it's, I think he's going to have the opportunity and that's uh, Josh Jacobs the Raiders player so I think he he has the most potential to be runner up but yeah those are my two guys mm, I like your two guys not gonna lie if I had to pick, I would duplicate your choices. But if I had to pick some off-radar ones or guys that aren't Kyler Murray or Josh Jacobs, I would say Dwayne Haskins and David Montgomery, who Dwayne Haskins, I think, is actually going to be the week one starter in Washington. He's a guy that I didn't like as much for some reason I just was not as high on him at the time um, after really getting to see his personality work ethic who he is what he stands for 
Um, I think Dwayne Haskins is a leader in this league, and he is going to come out with something to prove, like a chip on his shoulder, because guys like Daniel Jones were being drafted ahead of him. Um, So I look at Dwayne Haskins, and I really love the potential he showed coming out of college, being able to run the offense in Ohio State, throwing for 50 touchdowns. And, uh, you know, Jake Rudin's fighting for his job in Washington. And this guy is his shot at staying there. If he could prove that he can uh, turn Dwayne Haskins into a starting NFL quarterback, a star starting NFL quarterback, then that'll that'll keep him around in Washington, help him develop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think Dwayne Haskins will get that opportunity like Kyler Murray week one to start out of the gates, and then David Montgomery, someone like Josh Jacobs, will be stepping into an immense amount of touches and opportunity. However, I do believe Josh Jacobs will, if I had to choose who gets more touches out of the two guys, I would choose Josh Jacobs, just because John Gruden's comparing him to Charlie Gardner, who used to catch 90, 100 passes back in the Raiders days. And if you're getting that type of work, we've seen, the fantasy impact that has. And he can easily become rookie of the year as Saquon did to your point last season. So yeah, I'm going to go with you on the Kyler and Jacobs, but if I had to throw like a little dart throw out there, it would be uh, Haskins and Montgomery. But yeah, next one from the cheese, the cheese. Which wide receiver will be relevant in Baltimore, and what is the ceiling? So he's already assuming a wide receiver will be relevant in Baltimore. That's bold. first bold move there. I mean, last season, they did not have one relevant fantasy wide receiver other than John Brown the first three weeks when Flacco was still in. And John Brown looked like he reinvented himself at that time. But really, he came back down to earth. Ravens offense looks stagnant as hell. Uh, They put Lamar Jackson in, and the receivers did not get any better. Now they add Hollywood Brown. They add Miles Boinkin. Um, Yeah, for me, (laughs) God, if I had to choose a wide receiver to be relevant in this offense this season... Man, who is on that? I'd have to pick Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed. I mean, he was the only guy on the... uh, You got Chris Moore on there, too, who I'm not a huge believer in. But those are literally the guys at the top of the depth chart before they drafted Hollywood. Miles Boykin. And Miles Boykin. And Hollywood isn't ready to play yet. Yeah. And with that being said, I just can't put my marbles on a rookie wide receiver that is slight-framed not ready to play, been injured, not somebody I want to put my marbles on. Yeah, I think to answer the question uh, without, with kind of not really answering it, I think the guy is Mark Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> I think as far as like a receiver, yeah. uh, you know, you're a pass catcher. I think he's going to be the guy that sees the bulk of the targets. You had to choose a wide receiver because the, the question is geared towards wide receivers and cheese is very specific with his wording here he could have said pass catcher he chose to be wide receiver specific 
Yeah, he did choose to say that. That's such However. a good question. <laughs> Who out of the wide receiver? Is it Miles Blinken? This year, yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel great about any of the guys, <laughs> especially with Hollywood being hurt. But, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the safe choice is Willie Sneed, but I think Boykin is a guy that, as I guess, is more appealing to me. Okay, and I guess he wants to know what the ceiling is for Boykin this year. Sheesh, I mean... I'll let you start with this one because Ooh, uh, just try to come out like project shit, a stat uh, line for my Boykin. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess if he has like if he had to spit one out without looking at past season, if or, he has something similar to, I know he's a totally different player, but if he has like a Michael Gallup type of year where like he has a few decent games, what did Gallup there. have like thirty catches? Yeah, he had like I almost six hundred yards or something like that. Ooh. I don't think he's going for 600 yards. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, as far as... I don't I, think he's going for 30 catches you, that's what you, That's what you'd be hopeful for. That's, that's all I'm saying. If you, that, that wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens' top wide receiver had that stat line or something similar to that. Oof, but, yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from, uh, from Baltimore. So I think the <laughs> answer to that question is we don't think any wide receiver yeah. will be relevant this year in Baltimore. Sorry, Cheese. All righty, so the next question... Oh. Which Loesch brother will get eliminated first in the playoffs? Um, I'm not going to answer this question because that's just stupid. I'm going to let you take this one away. <laughs> Tyler's going to be like, I think I'm going to lose. Right? Like, okay. <laughs> so this one, I think, is definitely geared towards uh, towards you, and he wants to know what your answer is. Uh, yeah, I'll just make it short and sweet. I think it's going to be the guy who has never won a playoff game in oh. the Shark oh, Tank, and that's uh, the Rhinos. Rhinos, everybody knows, you got one tail, four feet, twelve toes. Rhinos. All right. So next, with that being said, we got a question that came in from the Rhinos. This one, he wants to know, who will be the wide receiver one in 2019? Who is your bet if you had to place your bet on who will be the wide receiver one? Oh. Most fantasy points in our league, Shark Tank. Who you got? Uh, I mean, it's not really a dark horse here, but I'm picking a DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's probably the most skilled wide receiver. Him and Julio. I think it's kind of like a coin flip between those two guys. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's it's hard to go against like one of those guys. Those are the, for, for me, sure up there. Those guys are absolutely the favorite. Now that he is back, hard not for me to pick Tyreek Hill here. Mm, he was wow. the wide receiver one last season in our league. And uh, this season, man, I just really think sky is the limit when it comes to yardage in particular with this duo. I, the way they could stretch the field is unlike any other duo we've seen. This guy has the arm talent to stretch it, make any throw on the field, and Tyreek Hill's faster than everyone on the field. So to me, I like the Tyreek Hill dart throw there. Dark horse candidate. I don't even think he really is anymore because he was the wide receiver one last season. So I don't I don't want to say he's the dark horse. If I had to pick a dark horse, Odell Beckham Jr. 
Oh, really? I feel like he's more of a popular choice than uh, Tyreek. I don't think so. Being on a brand new I think team. The touchdowns are going to be there, but I don't see that. I know if he had 14 touchdowns last year, but Tyreek, it's hard to, I guess, pro- project it, but it could happen. This is the thing with. I like the, I like the pick. I'm not mad at the pick. With Tyreek Hills, we've seen him be the wide receiver one just last year, and it was glorious. We we watched it, and we were like, oh, he could do this again. Patrick Mahomes is is awesome. He's he's looking like the real deal out there. And uh, this is just the beginning for him, so I think people are looking at that situation there like that is more easy to replicate because we've seen it. Where with Odell Beckham, we all love Odell Beckham. I mean, the guy is so fun to watch. But the fact of the matter is, he hasn't gone for 1,500 yards in the last two seasons. He's joining a brand new team this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not thrown for 4,000 yards yet. This is his second year coming in. So for me, that's more of a risk factor just because you got new coaches. Lots of new cooks in the kitchen. But I just think that they're all going to mesh. Like, I don't see any no issue there. Yeah. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but, yeah. You wow. Know, what a take. All right. I think, uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as my favorite. If I had to choose a little dark horse, I'm going to go Odell Beckham, someone that's being drafted outside of the top five wide receivers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the top five wide receivers, you got Hopkins, Adams, Thomas, Jones, and Juju. And then you got OBJ is right out the side of that. You know, he's right there with those guys, five and six. So when I look at it, I'm just like, you know, also Tyreek Hill could come right into that, that section of being drafted too. I expect that ADP to rise. But yeah, so for me, those are our choices there. All right. Next. Next question. We have last place. Ooh. Our commish. Baby Shark. I'm going to save you the trouble of the Baby Shark drop and just play this one. All right. And Shark wants to know. Does B. Haynes finally have the RB1 in <laughs> Dallas? Woo. I think that's an obvious no. A, a hell no. A hell no. All right. All right. Next, Next. question. <laughs> Who will be the first to win a championship in the tank between Zini East and El Gugu? El Gugu. Ooh. Man, that's a tough one. That I'm going to go with Jesse Corazini. Yeah. Because he's building from the ground up the right way. He has one of the top dynasty quarterbacks, one of the top dynasty tight ends, a wide receiver that can easily become a top dynasty asset. Uh, I just like the way Jesse's building his team from the ground up and not trying to like half-ass it. You know what I mean? Getting Definitely. old players that could <laughs> fizzle out in the next year or two. He's getting young guys with high potential. So I think we both agree on Zini East. The Zinster. All right. Next we got how long will it take for the Rhyhorns to drop Ursula Ooh. or Jennings and hype up another player to drop? <laughs> I think the Tibby yeah. is a little upset that the Rhinos picked up his droppings. Ooh. 
The and rhino's droppings. He just wants to know, I mean, when is the hype train going to stop? I don't think it's ever going to stop, Tibby. No matter who Man. the rhino's picks up off the waiver, they're getting hyped. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts on when the rhinos might drop these players? Uh, yeah, I mean, just depends on uh, if he has no biters for uh, if he's not able to trade them or there's no, you know, further hype with um, training camp or preseason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll. I think he'll he'll make some some solid moves. Rhinos always make some pretty good moves. I'll give him some credit there, but. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna definitely hype it up his uh, his deeper dynasty stashes. The guys that he's for sure not trading. Those are the guys you never really hear about from the Rhinos. Okay. Ironically, okay. The next question and the last question of our two-hour episode: Do you think Melvin will sign a contract by week one and play? The Tiburone is the Melvin shareholder in our league of Shark Tank. Traded for him late last season, I might add. Neglected to pick up Justin Jackson because of the uh, pride. And now he's worried. He wants to know, do you think <laughs> Melvin is going to sit out Tiburon? There's a 50-50 chance in my eyes that yeah. this man sits out. And I was at 1585 when this began. Same. Yeah, I was kind of similar. I, I know I said in the beginning of the show, I think it's... Uh... I think it's closer than people yeah. <laughs> think. Yeah. I think, yeah, like I said, Zeke is going to be the one that shows up. But as far as strictly Melvin, yep. uh, I mean, yeah, it won't, won't surprise me. I know he's he wants to get his money, man. All right. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. And with that being said, that yes, wraps sir. us up. What a show. This what was a, a marathon. Man. Welcome back to the Shark Tank Dynasty. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next week. Next week.